Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you, man? Well, Chad, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little sweaty, a little windblown, and I think I have a leaf in my beard. <laughs> Well, fall has come, eh? Fall has arrived. The autumnal season is upon us, and I love living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the southern hills uh, region of our city. But coming with that is tall, tall trees, which are beautiful in the summertime, and a disaster (laughs) come November. (laughs) So I am uh, just fresh off of bagging and raking leaves, which is my Friday chore. And if I don't give it at least an hour and a half of my quiet time to go (laughs) and rake leaves on Friday morning, um, then it becomes a problem that is completely out of control. And I never, I don't want to pay people to rake leaves. It's such an empty task, right? Like you give them money to haul away a thing that should just haul itself away. Ugh, I don't know. But yeah, so sorry for being a little disheveled this morning, but uh, spent my quiet time and God's dying leafy earth reminding that sometimes <laughs> things change, you know, we all, all seasons always come and go. <laughs> I, the, li- Raking leaves is one of like my least favorite tasks ever. Like every time, every time I do it, I just like let's let's just pull this tree up, right? Like I don't need this tree. <laughs> I'll live in the flatlands. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'll just I'll just build umbrellas. Umbrellas are basically trees with no leaves. <laughs> You're like, can I set these on fire without burning my house down? Like, if what's rake- the, <laughs> what is the probability that this catches my house on fire if I just light it up? Just let it go. Let it go. No, but but here's the thing about it, man. I think raking leaves is such a key reminder that there are some tasks that are important. And you just have to give a little bit of time to it every day, every week, every month, whatever, because you don't want to deal with it when it gets out of hand. Like I, oh, it is, it is my like every annual, every year annual reminder that there are things in my life that if I don't give a little bit of time to, that thing will come to destroy me. <laughs> did Did you just like pastor sermon illustrate me on raking leaves and the importance of that in my life i did i basically accused you if you hate raking leaves then you're not a deep spiritual person (laughs) and and then you go into your altar call right like is that your transition come just as you are folks come Come just just as as you you are. are There are bags and rakes at the front. Come on. Come on. I see that hand. I see that hand. (laughs) The buses can wait. The buses buses can can wait. wait. 
It's just like a gentle, like a gentle, like leaf blower kind of hum. It's like a real, like you know, serenity giving, like the like the wine of just like blowing air around, circulating. Oh, gee. Well, that's not what we're going to talk about today, thank goodness. <laughs> just some dude in skinny jeans on the pad, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, sweet. If there was a worship band that had, like, lawn care utility sounds as their, like, loops and pads for worship music, I feel like that would be, like, a way to really connect. <laughs> I promise you, there is some, there's some worship guy out there at some point during, like, an invitation time that just is like this did not go well and so he decides on the pad he's just like i'm gonna do the jurassic park theme just in a slightly different key right and he's just hoping one guy out there catches it and there's one guy in the back that's just like fist pumping like yeah yeah <laughs> They remember. They remember. <laughs> oh, they're probably still going to make more of those movies, too. Uh, so today on After 9, the most honest podcast in youth ministry, Chad, though, we're not talking about raking leaves, but we are talking about a thing that's super important and will sneak up on you if you don't give it its due diligence. Because this week, Chad, we're going to answer the question, what am I going to do in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's coming. Oh, that's happening. It's happening. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a youth minister serving in a church, volunteer, bivocational, full-time, or in whatever hours you can spare, 2017 is fast approaching, and you probably should have some kind of game plan. We're encouraging you today on the After 9 Show to have a game plan, and we're here to help you structure and think about and construct that game plan to be oh-so, oh-so 2017 good. Uh, a new year means the time for change, a time for renewal, and a time to maybe reconnect with why you're doing youth ministry and reconnect the things that you're doing with their importance. So, Chad Higgins, start us today Sell us, sell us on why it's important not just to have a phone calendar, but to have the big picture calendar. Why do I need to have the big picture for 2017? I mean, here's all I why. need is Sundays, right? 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 No, no. Here's why, Zach. You know that feeling that happens. Oh, it's like the week before June. Okay. I think for most youth ministers, where you, you Memorial begin Day weekend, <laughs> you begin to think of your life and all the things that are going on, and you have this feeling of, you know, I could probably be doing pretty well selling vehicles down at Chrysler <laughs> Jeep and Dodge. You know what I mean? And, and because you have all of these things going on, and and and. So often in my own life in ministry and, and many other youth ministers that I've talked to, if we don't do a great job of planning and organizing and setting up some structures, we get into that place where it just feels so overwhelming. We don't have time to breathe. Um, our family is like trying to remember what we look like, all of those kind of things. And we find ourselves in this place of just frustration. Um, but if we can set ourselves up to, um, to organize well, to plan well, uh, to get a front of a lot of these things, then we're going to save ourselves uh, a lot of heartache and a lot of stress, and our ministry is going to run so much smoother. Um, yeah, I know that I'm going to get like 
<laughs> the time frames of this quote mixed up, but it's basically you get the the gist. There's this Abraham Lincoln quote that it's like, you know, if you give me four hours to cut down a tree, I'm going to spend three of them sharpening my axe, kind of thing. And yeah, yeah. and I think that that's a lot what we're talking about here today, right? Like, are are we doing the due diligence of prepara- preparing, planning well, asking the big questions? That way, once we come to the task, it runs so much smoother. Um, and it's just so much more thought out. It, it helps us. It helps our people. Uh, it's a big win all the way around. That's good. So real quick, I want to recap because I got four things out of what you just shared. Yeah. First, if a youth pastor is going to sell a car, it's going to be a Jeep because what's more fun to sell than Jeeps? <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, um, having the time to prepare beforehand means that you can really sharpen and really tune what you're about. And then three and four, locking in the dates for 2017 for events, activities, camps, helps you, the minister, yeah. and then helps those you minister to, both students and parents. Like You are doing them the service of saying, listen, these matter enough that we have planned them early in advance because we want you to shape your calendar around them. And that's one of the things that I think we're trying to say by having good early, timely calendar planning. And then also, we'll talk about this later in the episode, calendar distribution, is that if you let your folks know, they might actually show up. (laughs) You can be there with, you know, with energy, and then they can be there with enthusiasm. Uh, I I think about last summer, Chad, one of the things that I was so impressed with, I had a new class of sixth graders coming in, and I had that mom call me like, like, April 15th and was like, okay, tell me everything I need to know about the camp dates. What's the time frame, this, that, and the other, because we're planning our family vacation stuff. I don't want her to miss camp. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are my favorite. Right. (laughs) It was like, she was on board with like, clearly this is important. You already have the dates. Tell me what it looks like. Tell me how to be there because I want to be involved. And if I had said, well, actually, I'm not really sure what we're going to do for camp this summer, then there was no way that I was going to be able to help her with that because you got to have a plan. You got to have a plan, not just for you, but for those you minister to. It is it is a ministerial responsibility for right. you to be accountable for the ways in which you are planning the time of your young people for their families and for your leaders. Yeah, and and I think rolling a lot of that stuff out at the beginning of the year, like the actual calendar year, um, you know, a lot of youth ministers, and myself included for many years, I always kind of functioned on a school calendar, you know, as far as like, a lot of my planning type things because I think a lot of student ministry kind of rotates around, you know, actual, you know, yeah, school yeah. calendar type year. Um, but I think for many parents, they function a lot more on an actual, you know, January to December type time frame. And, you know, while many of us are not great, like planners, most people are not great like planners and long thinkers but yeah, what yeah. happens in january is this collectiveness of everyone in the united states on january 1 is just like you know what 2017 getting the life in order all right, right, right. getting myself in the gym planning everything out going to start reading a book you know what i mean all of these kind of things and so like let's catalyze on that as well and so when you have mom that's finally sitting down going you know what we're going to keep a family calendar this year right. you want your dates to be some of the first on ones that calendar yeah they're, yeah, yeah. they're putting on there and so you said to your advantage 
advantage and and get some things out there. Use the first of the year to be able to communicate some big things. Um, you want your students at camp, right? If you're just waiting until the month before to start, you know, releasing those dates, letting them know on, on that kind of stuff, like you're, you're missing a lot of people. Um, one that try to be planners, but then you're people that truly are planners, right? Yeah, yes. And so get in front of that, ma- make sure that they see that. And that's going to help you, right? Um, I, you know, we're, we're talking about planning and, and I'll kind of dive into this first big thought that we're going to talk about, um, uh, today, Zach, but, um, I think a lot of times when, when youth ministers think about planning their calendar, we think of these big ideas and big dates, right? Yeah. Okay. Camp is mission trip, fall right. retreat. Yeah. 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 And so we look at a calendar, we fill out like, okay, on June 1st, we're going to do this, you know, on yeah. October 31st, we're going to do this. And, and so <laughs> I what? feel like a lot of youth pastors, uh, handle their calendar. Like they do their budget where they just like lay out last year's and go add 10%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like there's just like, just whatever it was, just 10% more. <laughs> right. And all it is, it's like, all right, this camp is going to move one week, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but here's what I want to challenge us all all towards, and it's something we talk a lot about here on After Nine, because our, our big focus here is, is while we want to give you great tips and tricks on how to do ministry better, um, we're we're concentrated on the spiritual, the mental, the physical health of the youth minister. And so we want to help you um, succeed in, in your own life um, in this thing, this craziness called ministry. And so if you look at your calendar, once you have all these big dates set, really start to evaluate um, your strategy, your mission for your students. Begin to ask the big questions of, okay, what do I want my students to walk away 2017 with? How do I want to develop my leaders in 2017? Um, How can I encourage my parents in 2017? And then the big one that I think we leave out all too often is how do I grow and how do I develop during 2017? Because if we think that our year-long planning is just putting dates on a calendar, then it's really easy to just get in this cycle. And we're not really asking the question of, is this effective? Yeah, right? We're all going to do, you know, you know, these same events, right? Whether it's camp for you or retreat or a mission trip. And I think sometimes we get in this cycle of, well, we're just supposed to do camp. But if we start really evaluating, okay, what is it that we're trying to get out of camp, right? Like, is it this big, you know, evangelism push? Okay. Well, if it is, then what am I talking about on Wednesday night, the few months leading up to that, right? Am I challenging my students to be reaching their friends? Am I, you know what I mean? All of these kind of things. And so then we start to see a bigger picture and and we start to draw threads inside of our calendar, right? Yeah, that it's like, yeah. okay, if I want to see this go well in, you know, October, then I need to do X, Y, and Z leading up to that yeah, yeah, yeah. to make that as powerful as I can. Well, because so much of calendar planning chat isn't just like the peaks of events. Like this is one of the things that I think I've learned maybe in the last couple of years of being at the job that I'm at now and just having to coordinate with a larger staff. A lot of what you're trying to work for is not just 
executing the event, but is creating momentum or waves of energy in what you're trying to do. Because I think for a lot of youth ministers, they think it's some kind of like escalator where we're just going to keep going up and up and up and up. Yeah. That's impossible. So what you're really trying to do is create these momentum waves where we're like, we're going to have this into this into this, and then we're going to rest. We're going to have this yeah. into this into this, and then we're going to rest. And hopefully every time that wave laps a little higher, it hits a little harder because you're growing and you're gathering energy and you're doing things and new students are showing up. But if you're just trying to go from zero to the top of the roller coaster every time, then you're just going to spiral down hard. But if you can create yeah. those things that are staggered in a way – so if, if camp is this big evangelism push for you in June – or July, then what are you doing in April and May to get your kids thinking in that way, excited about it? What are you planning on social media? How are you connecting with leaders to help make this push? Because really what you're trying to do is not just have camp. You're having a goal for camp, and so you're doing these other things to wind into it. The date is just set, so you have like a deadline. <laughs> if you start right. doing stuff for camp right before the deadline, then you've missed out on the opportunity of what it's like to plan something super early, which is to wind yourself into something up that's really exciting and great. Yeah. No, it, it makes total sense. And honestly, I think for so many youth ministers, we get frustrated because in our mind, we have these ideas, right? Like this camp is going to be some evangelism, you know, evangelistic outreach for us. Um, yet we don't do what we need to do before, right? To yes. get students that don't know Christ to this event. And so then we take kids, kids that, you know, are, are believers and followers of Christ to an event and then on the backside, we're like, oh, nothing happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we think nothing happened because it's like, because what we're evaluating is something that couldn't have happened, right? Like, right, right, because right. we didn't prepare for it and, and all of these kind of things. And then we feel like we failed when in all reality, maybe camp was really good, but the preparation for camp wasn't. Well, right. and so I think that's the second thing that we'll dive into today, Chad, is not just having kind of the things that we're going to plan, but instead of writing camp on the calendar, like for your church calendar, yes, write down whatever dates it is for camp or for D-Now or for fall retreat, but for you personally on your calendar, would you just write like a colon next to camp and then write whatever the goal or the target is for it? Like don't plan camp for July, plan an evangelism event or don't plan like a D-Now weekend where we're going to have a band and have fun. Plan a discipleship growth area. You yeah. want your kids to grow in this way. Don't go to a conference. Find something for you in a way that you want to go and then pick a conference based on that. Like we've got to be more goal oriented or at least like visionary in the way that we're spending our time instead of just plugging in last year's dates for this year's calendar. Yeah, dude. And Zach, what you're talking about is for me, I remember like the mental shift that happened for me when I started thinking that way about ministry because it was it was big because then you go away from, okay, here's a specific event, but when you see the goal behind it, right, what you're trying to achieve, then you start thinking outside of that one day or that one week, right? Yep. That you're going, okay, how do I most effectively lead up to this? And then I think even more important how do I come out of that? Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and so then we start thinking of camps not just this week, but then we're planning, okay, here's how we're going to follow up, right? Here's here's what we're going to have happen afterwards. Because, man, 
I think far too often in ministry, all of our leadership is reactionary leadership to where when God does do something amazing at camp, then we find ourselves going, okay, what do I need to do, man? How am I going to follow up? What material do I need to give these kids so they can grow and develop and all this kind of stuff? And then we're playing catch up. I think two things that hurt us in that. One, we're not as prepared as we can. And then here's the bigger one, Zach. I don't think that we're leading in a place of faith when we're doing that, right? When we set up um, a strategy to follow up with students that come to know the Lord at camp or follow up with students that make these life-changing, you know what I mean, decisions— um, then we're walking into camp with this expectation, um, this hope, um, and this big prayer that God is going to do something, and we're believing Him um, that we're going to begin to, you know, we're going to begin to build that barn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we we kind of uh, we have faith in our leadership in that that, that we're going to do the work before there's ever even anything there. That's right. I mean, it's it's the it's the to use the agriculture example you had. Like it's the <laughs> it's the we're growing a crop, but we never thought to build the barn. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we were working hard, and we never really thought, oh, well, come fall, I'm going to need this building or whatever. You know, that's good. That's yeah. Good. Well, let's take it to the break real quick, Chad. And when we come back, we're going to talk about maybe some potential goals for your students to have in 2017 and maybe consider the ways in which that a calendar is not a flat thing but a three-dimensional object Boostercom The early reviews are in. It's like having a free intern or assistant walk into your office and say, for $25 a month, I will do all the things you wanted and you haven't had the time to do. Don't believe us? Check out YouthMinistryBooster.com today and download a free booster pack with all the stuff that you would get at full retail price for this holiday season. Lights and cocoa. It's free to you today to try and see. Test drive YouthMinistryBooster.com today. Hey everybody, welcome back to After 9. My name is Zach Worker and this is my best friend, Chad Higgins. And we're talking about youth ministry calendar planning for 2017 today. Talked about how calendars are kind of a funny thing, Chad. Uh, really important. It's the thing that we all admit that's probably really important, but in practice sometimes we struggle with. Because let's face it, we're relational people, Chad. And sometimes relational people are procrastinating people. <laughs> I, I thought when you said calendars were a funny thing, you were going to talk about my idea for um, a youth ministry or youth minister calendar, right? Where there are just different youth ministers on each month, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. like I just want a calendar in my office that's just like January and Doug Fields, you know what I mean, laying just across like a, a nineteen seventy one Camaro or something like that. <laughs> Uh, I would love a happy Halloween picture of Mark Matlock just giving us a like, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Just, 
just just in a sweet sweet costume just you know maybe he's like superman or batman he's just hey. raking leaves right yeah that's right how you doing how you doing no that'd be good um so on the second half of this episode we told you we're gonna talk about goals and then a three-dimensional calendar chad higgins you're my goal setter i mean we work <laughs> together we hang out together like you are the goal setter for this team for sure uh, one of the things you've taught me that I think is 100% true is that goals have to be defined. Like, if you don't name it, then what are you even doing, right? Like, you just can't wake up and hope to have something done or be a little better. Because um, goal- goals are not retroactively true, right? Like, you, can't look, you can't look back and be like, man, things grew in my ministry. Totally planned that. Totally <laughs> right. planned it. <laughs> well, and, and I think, think forward. <laughs> I think that that's the way that so many people that I talk to work, right? It's like, well, what's your goal for 2017? <laughs> to grow our ministry. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Uh, Good, because Kevin, the guy I talked down to the street, his goal was to decrease the size of his. So you guys may work together a little bit. Together on that, you can both win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Your goal for 2017 can't be whatever happens, happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that's a thing you can say, but that's not a goal. So you got to define it. You got to name what it is. And here's the thing that's hard, and this is the part I think that a lot of folks maybe don't fess up to. When you define a goal, Chad, you're going to have to leave something else out. Yeah. I think a lot of people that say, well, we're going to grow this year, say grow this year because if they don't, they're going to feel like that means I can't go after all of it. Mm. But if you are about growing and goal setting, you're going to have to intentionally leave a few things on the table. Now, what you can do to make yourself feel better because you want to accomplish everything at all times is to chunk it up over the course of the year. Maybe in the spring you want to grow your student leaders. Maybe in the summer you want to grow your youth ministry. Maybe in the fall you really want to invest in and pour into parents. But if you just want to grow the whole thing at once, you're either going to be stressed out, burned out, or you're going to fail. But if you set a goal that is achievable, and then this is the second one, and measurable, you've got a shot, friend. But defining it means that it can't be everything. This is the You're going to have to draw the circle or the square around the target, and then you can go after the target. But the second thing, Chad, is this measurable and i need your help on this because youth ministers don't like measuring things because usually it means counting things they can't control so help us measure stuff well you know first of all before we dive into this um i want to say that while we do measure things like numeric growth um there's ways to measure other things right like um that that we need to be doing as well right if if we're saying okay you know maybe maybe a goal for you this year is um you want to see um, 35% of your students reading their Bible every single day. Okay. I just made that number up. Maybe that's low, whatever, maybe it's high. I don't know. Um, 35% of your students every single day reading their their Bible. Okay. Then that's a, that's a manageable goal. It's defined all those kind of things. Um, And so in creating a goal like that, okay, then we understand yeah, let's say for easy math, you have 100 students, 35%. You want 35 of them reading their Bible every day. That's a manageable goal. How do we get there, right? So then you then you have to start thinking, okay, um, maybe maybe a plan will help these students. Maybe, 
maybe for some of your students that don't have a Bible. And so there, there's a step there, right, yeah. that we've got to do, right, to make those hurdles smaller and smaller for our students. But then there's got to be this um, this way to count that, right, that you're yeah. talking to your students. The system, the there's structure. There's a system in, in process. And so what helps with these goals, when we start getting them manageable and defined, really it starts creating in our mind the process of how to achieve that. In the same way with numeric goals, when we get past the fact of, I want to grow my ministry, right? Yeah. To, to saying something, and, and I'll be honest, I think oftentimes, I think the biggest reason youth ministers fail in this is because their expectation is too high, right? Okay. Man, I, I talked to the guy that, you know, he's got 15 students in his student ministry, and he feels like, well, you know, I, I'd really like to grow maybe another 35 students. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're going to triple the size of your student ministry. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And and oftentimes in that process of thinking, then all we think about is, okay, I'm going to have this event here and this event here, yeah, and they're just yeah. going to come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in all reality in creating goals like that, what you need to be thinking about is this. Okay. If 35 more students walked through my door today, what would have to be in place to minister to those students well yep. Yep. and to retain those students? I have – I in my life have met more youth ministers than I can count that have had explosions in their youth ministry in times that have dwindled right back down. Right. And the reason that, that a lot of times the reason that happens is this students and some fun attraction. Yep. And so your students, for some wild hair, they want all their friends to be there. So they begin to be talking. They're your growth catalyst over and over again. You do something that gets them in the door or whatever, but then you don't create a team of leaders that are able to relationally connect with them. Yep. And so over time, as the thing just, it, the the new wears off, then they trickle out and they find themselves to to other things and and other places, and and so there's no retention of that. But when we start thinking of manageable goals, right? Hey, I'm, I want to grow by five, eight, ten percent this year, right? Yeah. Um, then we start getting um, pinpoint accurate. Okay, then then we want to bring, you know, this many more students to our retreat. How are we going to do that, right? Yeah. That means, okay, this many students probably need to bring friends or, man, we can do this to reach some more students. How how can we meet some, you know, new students that are out, you know, away from our church, those kind of things? How can we engage some new families, right, yeah. to come into yeah. our church? Those kind of ideas that we have when we start to get um, specific on our goal setting that I think is really, really important. It's true because, I mean, there, there are numbers in the ministry game, and I think those are the numbers that we need to have in front of us because one of the things that I think a lot of folks are nervous about, Chad, is having the things they don't want counted counted. Yeah. And I think the best remedy for that is for you to get in front of the numbers you want counted. Yeah, I don't always want the number of my success to be how many 
you know, youth butts were in chairs on a Sunday, a Wednesday, or a Friday for us. But what I do want counted is how many students have started coming across multiple programs or how many leaders that we've recruited this year because we are living in this, like, 1 to 7 ratio now instead of the 1 to 10 ratio of leaders to students. Like, you need to put out there the numbers that you deem important because you are in the middle of the ministry. People always come back to a number that's familiar unless they are told or held to, like, this is the thing that we care about. This is the thing that we're going after, which is why I think number three on this list for us is a careful one, but I think accountability is important to our goals. Maybe for you, like you setting out a big goal of like, we're going to add 15 students to our youth ministry this year, and we're going to add three leaders because we need three leaders for these 15 students, yada, yada, yada. It can be a thing that maybe is a little bit uh, intrepid for you and your senior leadership, but you need to have a ministerial friend, either at church, outside your church, or just a buddy that cares about you, that if you name that goal, they can hold you to it because you might have forgotten what the goal was or you might have gotten off target. Like I think about our conversations, Chad, when I've been you know, saying like, man, I wish this would have gone this way. And you always bring back to me, well, wasn't that whole thing about this other thing anyway? And I can say, you're right. It was. Why am I so stressed? And so we've got to be sure that the things that we think are really important are told to at least one other person so they can hold us to it so that when we don't get it, we can work harder. And when we do get it, we can celebrate. Because if you don't tell anybody your goals, then you can't ever celebrate if you get them done. And so if accountability works for our sin, accountability should also work for our success. Yeah. It's got to no, be, be there. I mean, literally, Zach and myself, we had a moment uh, just the, the other day, right? Like, in, in my mind, I've got a few different goals that, that I, I, I've been thinking about for, you know, some of the things that we're doing with After Nine and Youth Ministry Booster. And it was this just this moment for myself where it was like, I, I just need to get these out into the world, right? Like, because yeah. if I say them, then like... There's a part of that that for me then, okay, like that's not just this pipe dream, like somebody else is involved in this. And so it's real now. <laughs> literally, I think at like 11 o'clock at night, I just shoot Zach this big like text message of like, I want to see this, 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 and happen in 2017. You don't need to respond to this, buddy. I just needed to like get this out <laughs> into the open. It just needed to be real for me, which, which is why, and this is the last one for goal setting that's so important, so we can evaluate the goals. Like, There's going to be a moment where you're going to name an audacious goal. We're going to have you know, 300% growth in our student ministry. Well, good news, friend. If that goal is defined, measured, held accountable, now we can evaluate it and say, hey, you didn't do that, but what you did do is add more students to your ministry this year than any other year in your history. Yeah. Or, hey, friend, to use your example earlier, Chad, you know what? You didn't have this like massive come-to-Jesus evangelism moment at your camp, but what I saw is your students stepping up into leadership positions that maybe you missed. Maybe next year your goal for camp should be different because what I saw this year wasn't the goal you set, so maybe you should discern a little differently what you were really trying to do. Yeah. No, man, I think that that's good. And I think evaluation, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about planning for 2017. The first part of your process right now, if you're beginning to do that, needs to be your evaluation of 2016. Right, Because I can promise you there are youth ministers out there right now that you already have on your calendar for 2017 the retreat that you did in 2017 
that the day you got home from that, you were like, that was the biggest disaster ever. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> and you're still going to do it. And it's probably going to be the exact same if you're not evaluating it correctly and then planning for it differently than you did the previous year. Um, Case in it's, point, it's, can, I, can, I, can I share a testimony? Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago. I see planned, that hand. I, I see, see that, that hand. hand. Two years ago, we planned a winter retreat on ACT weekend. Let me tell you how many upperclassmen <laughs> showed up to the winter retreat on ACT weekend, Chad. Two. You know what I'm never going to miss for the future years? Checking the calendar for the ACT weekend test dates. <laughs> because Yeah, I but here's the, here's the truth, Zach. What did I mess up? The kids that were at that retreat were all the kids that didn't care about their ACT. <laughs> so that's probably a really fun trip. Uh, it was a trip. It was a trip. <laughs> but, but again, case in point is that was an evaluation of like, I'm never going to mess that up again. Yeah. And so for me, it didn't cause us to not have the retreat, but I will never have that retreat on those weekends ever again. And so sure. again, don't just do the same things you've always done. Be flexible, be free. And ministers hear us say, your friends at After Nine give you this license, give you this freedom. There's probably at least one thing you did in 2016 that you should not do in 2017, either by design, by date, or by purpose. Whatever the thing that performed the least well, the thing that you tried and it failed the hardest, great. The evaluation is next year, you don't have to do it. Be free to try something new, different, or not at all, because you can focus on the things that are the targets and the goals that really matter to you. Yeah, man. And and so we'll we'll finish this episode um, with really where I think this needs to go and be. Um, for so many youth ministers, great youth ministers, ones that are trying to get better, um, you're, you're trying to plan for your 2017. You're most likely going to get your camp dates down there. You're going to get big events down there. Um, you may even listen to what we're talking about today and start planning, you know, how to communicate these better, how to, when to get forms out, you know, um, the strategy behind each of these events. But, but here's the thing that I want to leave you with. How are you planning to grow as a minister yourself, yes. and how are you taking care of yourself in 2017? Um, man, when I first got into ministry, a mentor of mine uh, told me this, ministry is a marathon, not a sprint. And um, that, I think, is such good wisdom, because if we're just running um, you know, with our head down as hard as we can, we're not going to last very long in this thing. If we're not growing, we're not going to last very long. And so in 2017, what are you doing to help yourself um, to succeed, right? What, where are your vacation dates at that you're going to take, right? That you're planning those. And, and even along the way, like what what are weeks that you know, okay, man, we got camp and stuff coming up. I'm going to be writing a lot of sermons already, all that kind of stuff. Who can I find to speak these couple Wednesdays, right? Yeah. Give me some time to just, you know, be a minister, hang out with my students, get to know them, you know, relationally a little bit more, evaluate our Wednesday night by not having to be the one wearing the hat that night, all of those kind of things. Um, and and then ask this question if you're married that I think is really important. How does this ministry calendar in 2017 affect my family? How does yeah. it affect my spouse? How can I honor her or him in this process along the way, right? Yeah. Um, man, I've made the mistake before of um, 
all, well, I, I won't say planning an event um, right next to my anniversary, but almost planning an event right mm-hmm. next to my anniversary one time. And let me just tell you, that's not a fun conversation that you want to have. <laughs> Especially when you were in control of planning it, right? Like, and that's the part that I think is so important and that we're so accountable for, Chad. Every time you put something down on the calendar, it's not just a word that says retreat, event, sermon, program, but that is a reflection of real people, flesh and blood, time spent, energy consumed, and we need to be so mindful, careful, and thoughtful in what we're doing. Student pastors, youth ministers, leaders— do not spin your wheels, turn your gears without considering what you're asking every time you write something down. When you put it on the calendar, it's a yes to this. It's a no to something else. And in as many ways as we are advocates for having a good calendar plan because it protects you from overscheduling, we can also be the ones that are beholden to our calendars in a way that doesn't free us to do ministry in the ways that we should be doing it. What you set out what you are in control of to set out as your plan, as your vision, as your goal, as your calendar, whatever you want to call it, make enough room for you to be a present, growing, and faithful disciple as well as a ministry planner. Awesome. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us this week for After Nine. Um, We hope that you got a lot out of uh, uh, this time with us as we talk about planning for 2017. Uh, Join us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Make sure to click subscribe if you're on iTunes or any other um, podcasting platform that you are listening to. It helps us out so much as we get to connect with other youth ministers around the country. Uh, Thanks for being with us here at After Nine. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.